episode three we've got the gang all here ready to chat about some rc stuff and we're pretty excited uh so who's with me tonight i think mike yeah i'm here and pat hey hey so uh hey guys and we actually have a very very special guest that we're very happy to welcome and introduce today and that is mr kevin tashner hey Yay. Hey guys! Kevin, welcome <laughs> to the flight test community cast, brother. Thank How you are very you? Much. I'm good. I'm Ex- good. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, we've got a piled up chock a block fun show for everybody this evening, and uh, I think we're going to go ahead and get this uh, this thing rolling with some uh, quick housekeeping. Uh, well, I've been keeping an eye on the uh, Facebook and the uh, Twitter and Instagram. So we've got about 18 uh, followers on Instagram right now, and we're up to uh, just under 150 followers on Facebook, so we're pretty excited to get everybody following and on board with the show. Um, This week is kind of special because uh, this week is actually the first of many Flight Test Community Podcast Community Choice Episodes. So Mike, do you want to kind of explain what we did and why we did it? Well, sure. Um, what we wanted to do was uh, uh, get the community, of course, much more involved than they have been uh, in the first two episodes. Of course, we were just trying to introduce everybody and kind of get get our feet about us, for lack of a better. Um, but we decided we wanted to get everybody together and, uh, and, and see what we could get out of the forums, or the people in the forums, actually, and uh, you know, get their ideas about what they want to hear. And, uh, oh my, they didn't, uh, didn't disappoint at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that, that's an understatement uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely. You, you guys blew it out of the water with, uh, with the feedback and the comments that we've received. Um, we're ecstatic that everyone wants to be so involved with it. And we want to thank absolutely everybody for being a part of this thing and being involved to the degree that you were. And thank you to everyone who was posting and uh, getting involved with this. Absolutely. So uh, I think uh, the only other piece of housekeeping that I have is uh, we kind of reached a big milestone with uh, episode two. We are officially up to about 2,500 people listening to the show one, uh, uh, every week. So uh, congratulations, well, every guys. Every two weeks. Wow. Every Congrats, two weeks, guys. yeah. So yeah, that's nice. I, I am just so blown away by the, you know, by the support, uh, you know, of, of the listeners. That's it's just it's amazing to me that, that we've already hit twenty five hundred. You know, I didn't I didn't figure we'd ever, you know, get there. So, yeah. And also the ratings have been through the roof, too. So thank you guys for your feedback yes. and thank you for the ratings and the good reviews and uh, if, if you haven't done so already, please go ahead and rate us on iTunes as well. It really helps grow the podcast even further. Um, you know, people may not necessarily be able to find the flight test uh, podcast as easily. Um, so let, let, let's have both high up on the list as quickly as we can. So uh, keep rating, keep reviewing, and uh, we hope to get higher on the list. So Absolutely. 
So, All Pat, right. you're being awful quiet. What's going on over there? I'm eating cake. Oh, <laughs> Why is that, Pat? Because <laughs> I have cake. I think I think a toast is in order. Our I, I believe it is. Uh, our co-host, Pat, is celebrating a very special day today because Pat is celebrating his birthday. Happy Yay! birthday, Pat. If, if I had some sound effects, I would totally add them in, but I don't. So <laughs> his, Just don't sing to me, please. It, no, no, no. Here's, here's me drinking some sarsaparilla to your name. Salud. Oh, sarsaparilla. Salud. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I'm a, what are I'm, you, in 1885 or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I've always loved a good root beer, but there's nothing like the good, sweet taste of sarsaparilla. <laughs> I have to say, okay. you you Americans certainly did some things right, and sarsaparilla's got to be one of them. Bourbon next. <laughs> yes, <laughs> agreed. Um, alrighty, well, I think uh, Mike, it's time for uh, your your first uh, segment of the show. Uh, why don't you welcome our new new members of the community? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we definitely want to give the new members a shout out. Now, it, it's getting tougher to find new members. But uh, I did find a few. Um, first one is uh, Flying is Fun. He joined on November 3rd. And then we have T. Martyr. He joined on November 9th. Uh, I'm guessing this is I.B. Bruin. Uh, joined on November 11th. Uh, Bublius is, I'm guessing, how you'd pronounce that, on November 17th. And then we have I. Bustello. On November 19th, and then Grampus 192 on November 20th. I, I just want, I want to, say, to say something about Grampus. Uh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, that's all right. Um, I, I'm I'm guessing you read his forum post. Yeah, um, and uh, he he was having some frustrations with getting in touch with flight test. Yep. Uh, he lives out in Oregon, and yep. and his his address wasn't recognized or something and uh i think he was getting well he was getting kind of frustrated um and i don't know i just hope things have been worked out i know fred has who is the customer service dude uh has been relocating his uh residence as he's moving to a new mm -hmm. park down in florida so uh you know i i I just hope the guys got stuff. stuff oh, I can give you an update down. on that. Well, Pat. well, I, okay. I, I, I lay it on me. Yeah, uh, he did get it straightened out. I had, yes, I had posted after after we were talking about that. I posted that I was having an issue every time I would go to purchase something from the store and have it shipped. For some reason, the program would cut the zero off my zip code and would come back and tell me it's it's invalid. You know, we can't ship to this address. And I was always like, well, why is this? I got so used to it that I. Once I read that, I said, "Well, oh, maybe he's having that problem." So I kind of laid it out there as to what oh, I cool. was having an issue with, and then I read back. I think today or yesterday that uh, you know everything was fixed. Oh, that's awesome. yeah. I actually saw that yesterday, Kevin. That uh, he that, well, first that you had uh, talked to him about it, and then uh, he did get on there and say, "Hey, I got it fixed. It was something going on on my end or on his end." He thought. But, uh, but yeah, he got it all worked out, and I guess he's got stuff heading his way, so that's fantastic. That really so, is great. All right, I'm yeah. really glad to hear that. Yeah, so we just want to say uh, welcome to the forum, everyone, and uh, I guess welcome to uh, the Flight Test Community Cast, uh, since we called you out on it, and uh, hope you enjoy it while you're here, 
and hope you stay for a long time and you start contributing soon. So thanks for joining. And I think yeah. with a name like Grampus, he probably does remember Sarsaparilla. Probably. <laughs> You're in good shape, Joe. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers. Well, uh, well while, we're, uh, while we're on that subject, let's, uh, let's jump straight in. And uh, Kevin, what you been up to in RC in the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, I, as you guys saw, I uh, got some wire and some wheels and some pliers and bent it together and put it on my Vigan. And uh, had some had some fun with that. Had some good luck, uh, even though the winds were pretty high and mighty today. I was out there flying that. Yeah, and that was pretty I'm, simple. Yeah. I have to I have to go through the process of uh, getting an article together because there was a few people that had mentioned it on the on the Facebook or. Um, uh. Here I sound like I'm I'm old the Facebook, but on <laughs> Facebook I'm one of, I'm one of the forums or or Facebook. They had said you know you got to get, uh, get get an article together and. It was pretty simple. I just took a used servo that I had had, um, hot glued it into the side of the the wall so I could steer the nose wheel, and just got creative with the bending and and uh, worked out really well. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw the YouTube video, and I'm telling you, when that thing took off, it looked fantastic. Yeah, that's what yeah. one guy had said. He said he it reminded him of Battlestar Galactica from the old yep. the old Vipers <laughs> taking off. Yeah, Vipers. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. And I have to say, from from a community standpoint, uh, you know, looking at looking at a build like that, just taking something that's already pre-existing in the flight test fleet, and making a, a even though it seems on the face of it a small modification. There's got to have been people out there like you know what I think I think I'm gonna put a landing gear on that. And it's right, the, right, it, or, it, it, or it goes from there, you know. Just, exactly, and, and I think one just spawns another. Exactly, and I think you did a phenomenal, mm -hmm. phenomenal job of of representing that on a community standpoint. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it it was one of those things where when I and Kevin, I I told you this the other day where uh, I was watching it and I'm like, dang, the Vigan screams for that. Why didn't I think of that? Because <laughs> it's so. I mean, it's just begging for it, but you were the guy that went and did it, and that's awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, very cool, man. I, I yeah, I really enjoyed that video. I enjoyed the fact that somebody just it, 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 and it might seem simple in some people's minds, but why didn't any of us think of it? It's it's because it takes somebody to recognize, like, oh. I could do this and then actually do it. It it never occurred to me that, oh, I could easily put like I could easily put landing gear on it, but exactly. but it never occurred to me. I mean, it just, <laughs> and that there's a brilliance in that. Yeah, you know, and I guess so, it's one of those things. Awesome. You know, it, it was like five minutes of thinking about it and just like you know, just go do it and knock it out and then have a good laugh and then we'll try it out. You know. <laughs> And, yeah, exactly. I, and there's nothing wrong with that way of thinking about uh, any kind of build or any kind of new new project you want to take on. You know what? At the end of the day, it's all about how you take these ideas and you develop, they, even if it's a pre-existing one. You know, like the, the flight test Spitfire. When that first came out, everyone was like, wait, wait, wait. Why is there no landing gear on this thing? And I think within a matter of weeks, there were articles posted on the on the Spitfire about how to adapt it for landing gear and how to uh, how to add a landing gear to it. So yeah, it's all on the same lines. It just takes one person to take action. 
in that way. And even if it's an, a slightly older design in the flight test fleet, I, I don't think it makes a difference. It's the fact that you've gone and done something different to it. And that's that, in that show of, you know, I, I have an idea. I want to share this with everybody. I think that's such a strong message for everybody to experience. And, and thanks for doing it. Yeah, it's what flight yeah. test is all about, right? You know? Yeah, well, that's yeah, what we sharing think. Sharing ideas you know? and, yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, I mean, that's, you know, that's, and that's one of the things that, that we want, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on here, Kevin, is, is, is because of that innovation for lack of a better, you know, I mean, here's an existing product and we want to see everybody out there doing this kind of thing. You know, we want to see them taking a, an existing product and going, Hey, if I can do this and this with it, it brings it to life all over again. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, that's that's version three of my vegan. By the way, the first one met with a light pole, and the second one <laughs> I crashed at Flight Fest fourteen. I think pretty bad. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Actually, wound up being a sponge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did did you see that? Oh, you actually saw me crash there, Mike. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was way out on the left hand side there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but you know what? The greatest part of I, the vegan in particular is once you get that ESC extension. Uh, you know the three wires from the motor extended. Once you build that and get that all set up, building another one is uh, is really easy, really quick. As long as you keep the the shroud around the fan, the ducted fan, and you know you have two servos, so it's not really hard to redo that. But right. you can really bang out another one really quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I completely completely agree. So what what else uh, other than wowing the whole community have you been up to? Um, I just, I've been, I fly helis on the side, well, helis on the side, but helis and, you know, I do what, been trying to do everything. You know, I love the, I like the helicopters. I love the multi-rotors really having a great time with the, with the planes. And now that we just joined this new club, we have, you know, more of an open experience with the, the runway and the way they have everything set up. So with the helicopters, I finally got enough, uh, stones together for a lack of a better word <laughs> and I've, I've been flipping it i've been able to flip it over and you know guys will probably listen to this and go you know that's that's no big deal but uh i've been sport flying around for for a while and like i had said with the helicopters uh when we were talking earlier that you know you when i, I started with the 450 helis and that would be 20 20 seconds of flying and uh three weeks <laughs> of fixing and 20 yeah. more seconds of flying <laughs> so, I, so I'm I'm progressing slowly with the with the helicopters. Yeah, I got a really good buddy of mine who I met on the flight test forums, uh, Steve, who has helped me out a, a lot. He's he's one of these guys that will take the time to stand by you the entire time, figure troubleshoot, you know, figure out what's wrong with the heli. And, and he's like, if I didn't have him next to me, I wouldn't be flying. I probably wouldn't be where I am with the helis. That's, that's awesome. That really that's cool. is. Yeah, and, and, and I've I, seen it. And it's not just me that he helps out. I've seen him. You know, step in and just talk to whoever you know, guys never met before, and just go go help the guy out. That, that's that's wonderful, and I, I have to give you an enormous amount of credit because there's something about two carbon fiber whirling blades of doom that just doesn't sit well with me. So sadly, as much as I would love to experiment with uh, helicopters, uh, I don't have the um, courage, shall we say, um, to. Uh, to pluck up and say, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to get like a 150 size. Uh, there's a word that I would use to describe it, but it's not PG rated. So I'm going to refrain. <laughs> Way to moderate yourself. 
So I, I, I'm going to moderate myself there, but yep. props, props to you, sir. I agree 100%. I, I am terrified by those things. Literally, they scare the heck out of me. When you um, see when you see one of the larger ones, like the seven hundred size helis in the hands of a of a pro, like you can watch it on YouTube and it, you're like, yeah, no big deal. But when you actually see it live in person, I'm always looking for what am I ducking behind? No, <laughs> you know, dude, in case absolutely that thing goes out of control. Yeah, no, I was uh, uh, after Flight Fest 2014. I went out. I went back out about a month later and and stayed with Eric Monroe at his play, at his house. And he flew his uh his seven fifty size helicopter. Oh, wow. I was literally standing behind him, cowering, cowering like a child when he flew that thing. I was terrified of it. I'm like literally, I was standing behind him, like peeking out around him, watching this thing because it just scared the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. Not that I blame you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, they're just terrifying. Yeah. Well, like you said, you know, they're samurai swords. Swings around on, on those yeah. larger things. Yes, li- literally. Yeah. Whirling, whirling blades of doom. I mean, so... I had one from the mall kiosk that when I first started flying helicopters, you know, a little $24 one, and that came up and hit me in the mouth, and I was bleeding from it. I mean, so and that, that's about the size of, you know, I don't know, that's about the size of your mouse pad. It's not, yeah, not big at all. Not, nothing enormous, but, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that was my, my first big RC experience post uh, the Firebird XL, yay! Um, the uh, I had a, a handheld little uh, radio-controlled RC heli, but it, you know it was uh, self-stabilized. Uh, I don't remember what the coaxial. name is. Uh, coaxial, yeah, thank you. Uh, coaxial style, and so you know they're, they're great to kind of train you in what what helis do, but it just doesn't prepare you for upgrading the size of those rotor blades any. No, 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 no. There's so much more to it, you know. You have actual collective pitch on on the six channel models. You know, once you get out of that four channel um, fixed pitch. Yeah, amazing. You know, heli stuff. models. Amazing stuff. <laughs> any, any? But I'm other? enjoying everything. Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna say uh, you you also been tampering uh, with some multi rotors as well. Yeah, I I have um, over the last couple of years. You know, I built the Electro Hub and I do a lot of video air-to-air stuff when we were flying at our before we got in the club we're in now we were flying an old abandoned golf course and uh i put together quite a quite a few videos and then a, a whole compilation um to, in 2014 of all our near misses and uh just the crazy stuff that you know we caught on video and it was it, it turned out to be pretty good i think i posted i definitely posted a link on the forums um but there's a couple of really near misses. There was a Vigan near miss that had to be like three inches away. It was so close. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It's uh, one we, of my favorite favorite we, parts of the video. We will be posting that in the show notes. So thank you for that note. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So. And I really like it. I really like the um, you know, the, the FPV aspect. Obviously, you need to do that um, to to follow anything. Or, mm-hmm. and I just recently picked up the Hobby King. Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's a it's a screen that goes over your face, and it's not it's for, for me it works great because I I, I wear glasses and you know it it, um, it it was cheap and it it gets the job done. Yeah, I think um, um I, I know the guys have reviewed it and it's it's been on you know numerous forums. Yeah, quite. I think it's the Quantum V. Is it the V one or the V two? I think it's it's the Quantum. Yeah, I think it's the V the V one. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Which 
We'll talk about this more, but the uh, Quantum V1 is actually right now on sale on the Hobby King Cyber Sale, uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. Yeah, I was on, up until I got those, which was about a month ago, I was flying with a, you know, the the Immersion RC seven inch screen on a tripod out in the field. Nice, very nice. All right, well, good deal. Thank you, thank you so much for sharing. And uh, Pat, yo, what you been up to, brother? Well, right now I went to the uh, Hobby King Cybersale site, so I'm cruising that. What, I heard a couple of new things what, up here. What have you done in RC, Pat? This last year? well. I understand that was the question. I was just telling you what I'm doing right now. Yeah, the funny thing well, is, is I, I doing that and start like paying attention to the podcast, buddy. Oh no! Are you accusing I, me of being distracted? <laughs> no, never. We would well, never. Joe, Joe mentioned a Hobby King sale, and I got to say that you know I bought one thing off there so far, and they got some good stuff. But we'll save that for later. Um, <laughs> so Squirrel. Patrick's trying to fill his cart before everything's gone. You know. <laughs> Well, you have to stay on top of things. You exactly. can't miss anything. Not in this um, <laughs> So in the last couple of weeks, what have I been up to? Okay, so I'm still working on the 57-inch uh, span P47 <clears throat> that I bought at the uh, flea market or the, the swap meet last year. Uh, I was about ready to lay out panel lines today. Then when I, I lay I, – took it from the basement upstairs because I just wanted to work upstairs where I wasn't isolated from the rest of the world and feeling sad and lonely about myself. So yeah. somewhere between taking it, removing it from the basement and taking it upstairs, it got a ding and a wingtip. So I, uh, I invented a method to fill it. I basically took some scraps of fiberglass cloth, chopped them up really, really fine uh, and then using Josh Orchard's, uh, Wilson Man's, uh, water-based polyurethane and baby powder technique, I made up a really thick slurry. So I filled in the ding. Well, I sanded it out first, filled in the ding, and it's drying now. So I, I'm pretty excited to, to hit it with some sandpaper and see how it comes out in the end. Because there are some other imperfections on the wing that uh, that just came along with the fact that it was a model probably built back in the late 80s. Uh, <clears throat> so if, if this works out nicely, I'll be able to fairly easily uh, fix some spots on the wing that'll that'll make it look nicer. Uh, cool. So, I'll I'll let everybody know uh, how that turns out for me. It's it's still uh, curing right now. So, <clears throat> yesterday was a pretty interesting day for me. Um, I took my Super Cub that you know my one bolt Super Cub. Uh, so that, that was. I'm so I, proud I, of you, Pat. I, I appreciate that, Joel. It was hard. That last bolt was really tricky. Um, How many times did you have to turn it? You know, I lost count because I only have 10 fingers and 10 toes. So it, it was hard to keep track of. Uh, but I took it out to my club field and it was sunset. And I set it up and was about to main it. Now, to uh, short background story, my, my number one radio is a Turney G9X with a uh, Free Sky module in it. And I just love, 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 love that radio. Well, I got some kids at school who are working on a really killer project. 
uh, and uh, maybe in one podcast we can we can go over that. But basically, what they needed to do was uh, interpret the module signal <clears throat> so that they can use an Arduino to to talk to the module and control something through that. Uh, <clears throat> but in the process of doing that, they they somehow fried my radio, my non X. So uh, I was down to the Gropner that I got from Fred back at Flight Fest 2014. Fred was, I don't know, he had this uh, MZ12 radio, and I think he ended up getting a MZ24 from from Flight from a flight test because you know he does a tremendous amount of work for them, and a lot of it at that point hadn't been compensated work, so. You know, so he was like, okay. He gave me a really, really good deal on it, uh, which I still haven't paid him for, by the way. Um, sorry, Fred. Uh, that is but, a good deal. That is a you great told, deal. <laughs> you, t- you told me to pay know. whenever, and, and oh, you shouldn't oh, tell oh me that. Oh, and Fred, I don't know, is a good deal. But... Well, you know, maybe no, that's, that's part of the karma of this whole situation. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I went to Maiden it. I, I've had a couple of uh, occurrences, incidents with this radio. Um, so being down to that, my only working radio, I, I decided, okay, I, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to take this thing up. I'm going to fly it close. It should be no problem. Um, and on takeoff rollout, I lost communication between the radio and the receiver. Uh, somehow, thankfully, uh, the plane did not end up as a bag of trash. It it just did a ground loop and it handled the ground loop phenomenally. So I, I have an issue with this radio and this receiver and I've, I I sent an email to Gropner earlier today uh, you know, laying it all out. I'm like, look, I got this from a dude. He, you know, I, I got a really good deal on it. it. It was new. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not trying to BS anybody not trying and if you know they're like look I can't do anything for you fine I'll figure it out somehow uh, but uh, there's a video and maybe Joel you can you can link the video in the notes or whatever when it this is posted up as an article absolutely uh, it will be that <laughs> so you guys can see what happened but but there is a serious issue this this transmitter and this particular receiver are just not they're not talking to each other very well. I, I, some one of them ticked the other one off. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> the transmitter didn't take out the trash, and the receivers ticked off about it. Who knows? Uh, but there, there's some marital problems there that need to be worked out. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I get that sorted out because I really like the radio. Now that I have a better understanding of it, I, I really like the Grobner radio. It, it's very easy to program what once you get it in your head how it works uh but but back to the hobby king thing uh last night i bought myself a new turnergy 9x uh, a mode one radio from the arkansas warehouse for uh 21.95 thank you very much absolutely so uh, that's on its way and i'm pretty excited about that that's a heck of a deal look say what you want about hobby king but Man, this this sale they have going on this year is great. Yes, and uh, we will be uh, putting a, a show note because they they are continuing the sale through 
next Monday and they're putting new product in every hour or so. Um, so keep your eyes out. There are things that are selling out faster than others, like the Quantum V1 uh, right now is in there for like 24, 25 bucks. It's really inexpensive. Uh, the, the 9X radio is in there. Um, there have been some phenomenal battery uh, sales with uh, three, four, five, and six cell LiPos. So keep your eye out on those, especially if you guys play uh, big quads. They've got a couple of the multi-star uh, LiPos on there. Uh, but what we'll put in the show notes exactly uh, where the link is and how to get into it. Um, but yeah, keep keep your eyes out. They've got some great, great stuff out there. Now, Pat, you yeah. said something. You said something I, I thought was interesting. You said you bought a Mode One transmitter. Yep. Is that what you, yeah. you fly? Mode One. No, 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 no. I fly Mode Two, but it, it, it's a simple process of just like swapping out a couple of springs okay. to make it Mode Two. There's yeah, there's videos on YouTube. I didn't know that. Tell you how to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when you go to set up the radio, it, it, it often gives you the op it, it asks you mode one, mode two. There's even a mode three and mode four. I don't know what those are at all. And it's <laughs> but, uh, backwards and upside down, and mode four is if you are holding the radio backwards, like with the antenna facing towards you, it's absolutely a normal mode two radio. So it's everything <laughs> just upside down. <laughs> Well, that's for, Joel, I guess that's for our Aussie friends. I'm not sure. Quite yeah, easily. no, when you're, when you're upside down. So, Joel, you're from England where they drive on the wrong side of the road. You know, maybe do you fly mode one or mode two? I'm a mode two guy because I learned on mode two, so I'm sticking on mode two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But European is mode one. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, the when most I part. was... Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny because the Firebird XL was actually in mode two uh, when I had it. Um, and then uh, when I was looking at uh, flying in the UK uh, with gas and nitro back in the day, it was also most of the guys flew mode two, interestingly enough. So, hmm. huh. interesting. So, so, Joel, what have you been up to in RC? Ah, I'm glad you asked. So, um, yeah, my, my week in RC has been, well, two, two weeks in RC. It's been really good. Um, I got to flying this weekend and last weekend. And, uh, uh, again, I've been having some fun issues with the, uh, with my, uh, uh, what is it? The radio that I have. Um, the Tyrannus is working great. Uh, I got some great flights on the Bloody Wonder. Um, but, Yesterday, I was having some really weird issues with it. It kept talking quite hard to the right. Um, bring it back down for a landing, throw it up again. I'm still having some really crazy talk issues on the right-hand side. It was flying beautifully. It just kept talking really hard to the right. And I, I was looking straight down at, from the nose. And uh, it seems that the tail on the right-hand side is actually the, the rudder is pushing in towards the fuselage because the... Guess what, guys? The hot glue is failing because here in Florida, <laughs> nothing lasts more oh, than Oh, is it two too weeks. warm in Florida again? Yeah, just a bit. So, Shucks. Uh, it breaks my heart. But I have to retire my current rendition of the Bloody Wonder. Um, but I have some good news. Um, I will be uh, replacing that airframe because now I get to place a nice trophy on my wall. Um, the Bloody Wonder Mark 
three that I am building is actually not a bloody wonder at all. Um, I have acquired through a certain colleague of ours here on the Flight Test Community past, uh, Cast, <laughs> Joshua Orchard, um, and it is a bloody ripper. And if you don't know what the right. bloody ripper is, then shame on you, number one. And number two is <laughs> go check the forum. Um, Joshua Orchard took the existing design of the Bloody Wonder, put a symmetrical wing on it, glassed it, gave me the plans so I can do the exact same thing with some very minor modifications that we have briefly discussed uh, together just to make building a little bit more secure for me being here in Florida, but I do intend on glassing it, so it should help. Um, but yes, uh, that thing is incredible. And uh, it just, I will be sharing the video, but Josh, man, that thing rips like nothing yeah, else. what a fantastic job. What a beautiful plane. Yeah, that thing is incredibly, incredibly smooth. The track's on rails and... Uh, he was doing flips, rolls, and the roll rate is ballistic. Um, but yeah, well. the thing the thing weighs nothing, and I'm still laughing at how big the spinner is that he put on the front of it, too. Um, and he was flying it on a 1300 3S, I think he said, with a 2812, yeah. uh, 2812 or 2814 uh, motor. So it was really nothing out of the ordinary from what most of us already have in our, in our flight kits. So... I'm I'm super excited because I'm gonna take all the guts from the Bloody Wonder and I'm gonna I'm totally gonna build the Bloody Ripper and it, it I'm I've already decided I'm gonna keep the paint job a secret but the guys here know what I'm gonna do with it and it's gonna be fantastic and it's gonna fly at Flight Fest 16 and I'm super excited about it. Um, in other why news, does that sound so uh, <laughs> so evil with the the English accent? <laughs> because be on the lookout for the bloody ripper. <laughs> because it's a da- <laughs> because it's a it dastardly just... plan, and I'm British and evil, so I can do that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that's the uh, that's what's going on there. Um, I'm halfway through the FT Explorer, uh, waiting on a couple of components because sadly they didn't make it into the box of shipping parts. Um, so I'm uh, thanks to Fred. I'm waiting on the uh, the accessories to come in for um, you know the the landing gear the sorry all the wire and uh, Velcro and the uh, motor box and all that good stuff. So when that comes through, it's going to get finished, and I'm currently uh, taping that uh, that together, um, covering it with some pa- uh, good old fashioned packing tape because this was before the uh, glassing episode. Um, and, uh, I'm actually already starting to do some modifications on it, um, because I am adding a landing gear to, uh, the Explorer to make it look just like a Bix 3, <laughs> because I think that that's awesome. Um, and also to practice landing, to make it look like a Bix 3, gonna add some wheel pants to, uh, some wheel landing pants. gear. Yeah, wheel pants, um, cause I'm super excited about that. And, uh... I'm officially now, because I got suckered into it, um, I'm going to now also be starting the uh, scratch build of the SR-10, which is a Stinson Reliant, which if anyone knows any aviation history, that is one of the oldest um, 
tricycle, landing gear, um, beautiful civil, airplane, civil aviation, gull wing style airframes, and it's a stall style, so real short takeoff and landing capability, and it's just it's a beauty. Um, it it's been flying uh, since nineteen thirty nine. Um, mm -hmm. still trying to figure out what scheme I'm going with. Um, kind of liking the idea of the, uh, mustard yellow and, uh, ketchup red. Um, very similar to Joshua Orchard's, um, Sikorsky, Sikorsky yeah. which is kind of funny. Uh, so I kind of like that scheme or I'm going to go the other way and do, um, a crimson red and white stripe. So mm. I haven't, haven't quite decided on that, but either one of those. But that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a tail dragger, isn't it, it, it is indeed the tail dragger. That's right. Yeah, it's it's an nice. incredible. That's a beautiful, beautiful airplane. airplane. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful incredibly, airplane. Incredibly, incredibly beautiful. Uh, so I hope to do that some justice, uh, adding uh, some really nice scale features. I'm already trying to figure out what material to use for um, the ladders. Um, Trying to fill in some formers for the tail gear and the um, the uh, also the the main landing gear has uh, these beautiful struts that go into the wheel pants and the actual struts themselves. So I've got to figure out what material to do all that with. But I think it's going to be a challenging scratch build, but I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, they're almost Absolutely. at a forty-five degree angle. The the struts yeah, that come down. Exactly, that's exactly right. They're they're almost exactly forty-five. Are you gonna? You're building this out of balsa, or you're going to do the hot wire? I'm going to do a hot wire. So I just bought this week, it was going to be my final update, is I now officially have all of my components for my portable hot wire bow. So I'm very excited about that. Nice. So nice. that thing will be coming with me to Flight Fest. <laughs> awesome. Yep. All right, Mike, you're up, buddy. What you been up to? All right. Well, I haven't been up to a lot because weather's been cool. I've been traveling a lot, and it's been windy like here for three weeks. So I haven't been outside flying anything, but uh, decided to charge up all the batteries for my little Nano QX FPV and been flying it around the uh, little homestead here uh, in the house, trying to keep it out of... Uh, my beautiful wife Sharon's hair, you know. <laughs> How's that working out for you? Uh, I pretty much uh, fly upstairs when she's downstairs, and uh, when she's uh, upstairs, I fly downstairs. So I try to stay out of the way. Uh, <laughs> same rule applies with my Exodus Proto X. So I yeah, absolutely. And then something else I did do is I went on ahead and downloaded and purchased the FPV Free Rider. Ooh. That little program that everybody's yeah. been talking about, and it's only like five oh, yeah. bucks. Put it on my Mac, and uh, I actually stuck my uh, my uh, uh, Futaba Interlink Elite controller for uh, Real Flight onto my Mac, and have been flying it around, and uh, it's pretty good. I like it. I have one complaint about it, though. You can only fly just one person. You can't do like yes. uh, there's no uh, anything other than yeah. There's no multiple, you know, multiplayer or anything. Mm -hmm. And and I really wish that it would, you know, come out with that so you could uh, uh, do some FPV racing, you know, other than just timing, you know. Uh, that could be an update down the road. You never know. I I hope so because I'm that telling would be you. Cool. Um, That'd be great. You know, not that, not that, uh, you know, free riders given me anything or anything, but, uh, for five bucks, 
it works fantastically on my Mac. I love it. And uh, I'm hoping it will help improve my FPV flying. So we'll see. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh. Very, very much so. Great. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I I haven't checked out that one. Uh, Eric uh, hit me up the other day and was like, dude, you got to see this. Uh, so we were FaceTiming this uh, Emergent RC's new flight sim. Uh quad racing flight sim and it mm -hmm. looks pretty amazing now it's 20 bucks versus five bucks but he was saying the physics of it is really dead on so that was pretty cool so i i think i'm gonna try to try to get a hold of that and and try it yeah. out because i the, need all the help i can get when it comes to flying multi rotors mm -hmm. the the free rider i think is pretty close yeah i, I don't i don't cool. know if it's 100 percent uh um physics but i'm telling you what when you when you turn a corner you you know you're sliding out in the whole nine yards just like you would uh of course i can't fly that fast with my little you know nano but um with this thing i'm telling you it's i'm pretty i'm pretty happy with it cool nice nice thing that was well timed <laughs> yeah that was perfect <laughs> that was eric monroe hang <laughs> <laughs> on yeah, mute mute the phone and tell Eric we're recording here. Goodness, either gracious. that or either that or tell him to get on Skype and come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Impromptu special guest. Goodness gracious, exactly. Right, Too right. funny. That is so funny. Okay, well, uh, I think I think we've definitely given a great set of updates. Thank you guys for that. Um, let's uh, let's dive into uh, my. Uh, my, no, this is going to be so much fun. Uh, this is uh, kind of our special uh, special uh, feature that we're going to be... Uh, I I'm so excited about this. I can barely speak on it. Um, I have something that I want to put in right here. Um, I'm going to let Eddie talk about it. Eddie Black, um, we are getting ready to announce something brand new. And uh, why don't you guys listen to Eddie and we'll go... Uh, we'll, we'll let you guys enjoy. Hey friends, this is Eddie Black. You ever started a build, just couldn't find the right answer to a problem you were having? Would it be easier to see something like on the build videos rather than having somebody write you an answer that you just don't understand? If you answer yes to either one of those, you'd probably be interested in something we're putting together called FTCC Build Nights. This is a perfect opportunity for you to be able to build with other people in the community, friends, family, even if they're not able to get anywhere near you. If you have any interest in this, please let us know, and we'll get you more information about how we're going to put this together and what we're going to do to try to make this work for the whole community to be able to do this in like a video cast kind of way. Let us know. So, uh, FTCC Build Nights. How about that? Yes, that's right. We are uh, we're getting ready to do um, some really cool stuff here with the Flight Test Community Cast, uh, which includes doing some Google Hangouts. And the idea being is we're going to have a couple of different sessions depending on your build level and what you're building. And we're, we're going to kind of do it uh, depending on uh, timing and so forth. We're thinking about starting it uh, sometime in December or January. The idea is actually all being driven by Eddie. Uh, so Eddie is going to be uh, uh, spearheading this on uh, our behalf. 
Uh, but uh, we're, we're super excited. Thank you so much, Eddie, for putting all the hard work into this. Um, we, we're going to continue to develop it and continue to refine the idea. Uh, once we get more details, we'll uh, share with you guys how to uh, jump in and when the first one is going to be. Uh, but I'm super excited. Eddie's done a phenomenal job with this, and I think you guys can all agree. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Matter of fact, I think, if nothing else, we probably ought to have uh, Eddie on uh, next podcast, if nothing else, just to talk about this uh, quickly. Yeah, only um, if he brings on Wendy, too. Oh, well, agree. yeah, they, <laughs> they both have to be on. But, yep, no, absolutely. Uh, definitely would like to get them on. I mean, I didn't talk to you guys about this before the show, but um, after hearing this and knowing what's, you know, kind of knowing what's coming coming up, the, you know, up or down the pike, depending on how you want to look at it, um, I think we really need to have these guys on. Yeah, so. uh, absolutely. And, and thank you, Eddie, for for bringing this to our attention because he's it was his idea to begin with. Uh, he he I gave uh, along with the uh, the other guys we we gave uh, Eddie the the go ahead um, to do this on our behalf. So thank thank you so much for your hard work on this, Eddie, and we we, we can't wait to um, be the voice behind what you're doing with the with the FT uh, Build Knights. And FYI, yeah. if you don't know how Build Knights is spelled, it's N I T E S because we're that awesome. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, and, and and one thing I would like to throw in there, and and, and actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Pat talk about it because it was him and Eddie that did this. But but I guess Eddie and Pat had did this with uh, a couple of uh, Tommy's uh, Teager sixty six yeah. on uh, the forums. Um, I guess Pat and uh, Eddie built a couple of those planes. So Pat, why don't you talk about that just for a second? Yeah. So. Everyone, uh, well, anyone that knows me understands my uh, focus issues in terms of getting projects complete. Squirrel. Squirrel. Hey. <laughs> Where? Where? <laughs> Is it fluffy? <laughs> um, so we, Eddie and I just one. Uh, it, it was like, I don't know if it was two or three nights. We, we just Skyped uh, video chat. Uh, and we built Tommy's um, puffer. I built the the guppy or the puffer, and he built the puffer, the guppy. I don't remember which one is which, but it's the same thing with a fuselage rotated 100 or 90 degrees. So um, we were the most productive in building we'd ever been, simply because we were both there. We didn't get distracted by anything else. Um, you know, it's kind of like you feel bad about walking away from the table, whereas if it was just you, you can wander around and do what God only knows what, you know, distracts me. Get more uh, distracted so, than you already are. <laughs> but, exactly. So we got these things built in like two to three evenings, it, it, like, you know, an hour or two each. And it, it was really nice. Now a lot of the time was just silent, you know, with us sitting there working. Uh, but whenever one of us had a question, it, it was awesome to be able to bounce it off the other person. And, and there were some questions because uh, Eddie had relied on me to interpret some information from the drawings, which I did incorrectly. So uh, <laughs> the wing ended up being a little bit of a fiasco and, uh, you know, when I realized what I had done, the, the solution to it was very obvious to me, but to poor Eddie, who, you know, 
who didn't realize I screwed up in the first place, um, it, it wasn't so obvious to him. So we could just sit there and talk and I could show him what I was doing to fix the problem and blah, blah, blah. So mm. it, it, it really worked out nicely. And uh, if this can work out, I think it will be phenomenal. Yeah. It just well, it'll, you know, it'll be like a it'll be like a regular group build. Only right. you can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, in, in, in the world, as far as that goes, exactly. In, in group build. Exactly, and, and that's what is going to become so powerful about us doing this. So I can't wait, Eddie. Thank you, and Pat. Thank you for getting on with Eddie and uh, giving giving this idea at start. So that thank you guys. Yeah. No, it was fun, really. It was a lot of fun. So we're going to dive right into some of our uh, community's choice um, edits. So what we did is we posted the show notes in such a way that allowed everyone to go in and fill in the show notes on our behalf. So none of this information that we're about to share with you has been written by us. Swear on our hearts, cross our hearts, that we, uh, we have not done anything this is all coming from the community members so um i'm gonna go ahead and get things started here with a a couple of questions uh by benjamin williams so ben thank you for sharing um he was asking about camp dry and gorilla glue stuff and what what techniques we've been doing and or if we have used any of these techniques before so do you guys want to share anything um, camp dry. Um, you just have to be careful with the, uh, amount you put on at one time. Um, you know, kind of like if you're painting with a rattle can, you have to be very careful with it. So if you get the propellant into the foam, it will eat the foam. But if you do it lightly and do it in two or three coats, it works pretty well. Excellent. Yeah. I've, I've never used camp dry, but, but I have tremendous experience using Gorilla Glue and it is, in my opinion, the number one glue to use for a foam airplane, period. Hands down. Really? I've never tried that. I'm always hot gluing uh, CA, you know, a little bit here and there. Nah. Is it much lighter than the hot glue? I'm going to say yes to that. Yes, if applied correctly. Correct. Vi- oh, exactly. so much lighter. And I'll tell you the way that I kind of have been doing it because, again, my use of hot glue is going to diminish exponentially now that I have Gorilla Glue and will be doing more composite stuff. Um, the the way you do it is you almost bury the nose of the Gorilla Glue um, uh, tip right into the foam itself and you want the smallest bead you can possibly put on because the stuff expands three to four times of its regular size. So if you, if you can imagine, you put the smallest amount on, it's going to quadruple that size. So that's going to fill... If you're doing a, an A or a B fault, that's going to fill that entire cavity with with um, essentially foam. Um, nice. So what you want to do is you kind of, and this is the way I've been doing it, is you you put in, uh, you leave the about, uh, depending on the size of the part that you're doing, but about a one to two inch um, space at both ends of the piece and a little bit in the center. And you start with the, it's key that you start with the Gorilla Glue, because remember, Hot glue is going to cool down quicker than you applying the Gorilla Glue. So always start with the Gorilla Glue. Bury the nose into the piece that you're doing and run it in a very, very small, thin bead across the piece um, and leaving those areas. And then 
add the hot glue as you normally would to those parts. Again, you don't need to go crazy or overboard, um, but you pull it into the 90 degrees um, or whatever the orientation is of that particular component and you let it sit there. Um, once you do that, the glue will dry, the hot glue will dry and it will tack it into place and the, the, the white Gorilla Glue will fill in the cavities. Now, personally speaking, it does take a little bit longer to do it that way, but the results are infinitely better. I think, uh, Pat, you can speak on that a little bit too. Um, it, it's it's so much stronger than hot glue, so much lighter than hot glue. The the only possible issue is if you use too much and it expands out of the joint and you aren't there to, to wipe it down or somehow moder control it, uh, once it's hardened, it is extremely, extremely strong. So it's difficult to, like, if you go to sand it down, it, it it's some serious work. But it's just a matter of getting getting used to using it, and knowing how to control it. Um, it's one of those things where less is better. Uh, I, I learned from Josh. Another one of the many things I've learned from Josh Orchard is. Using mm -hmm. the the foil uh, HVAC tape, the aluminum tape or whatever it is, uh, to cover the the joints that you're gluing. Uh, the the oh. HVAC tape peels off pretty easily, and it keeps the glue from expanding out and, and making kind of a bulbous mess. So there are there's there's a slight learning curve to it. It takes far, far longer to set up. But look, we're talking about building airplanes here. And the fact that you can take a Dollar Tree foam board airplane with hot glue and build it in a matter of an hour or less, depending on your efficiency, is just stupid ridiculous. Spend a little bit more time, use a better glue, it'll be stronger, it'll be more durable, and it's far lighter. Uh, and you still get it built within, I don't know, two days compared nice. to months nice. for a balsa build. <laughs> so yeah. it, it, in my opinion, I, I use Gorilla Glue a uh, lot. Excellent, 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 excellent. All righty. Um, let's, uh, let's see. Um... Uh, ben asked, I think this question is directed more at me, um, how am I liking the Tyrannus? Um, the Tyrannus and I, uh, I love the radio, it's a great system, um, but it has an extremely steep learning curve. So my, my response is, if you are looking into a Tyrannus, have a backup radio or have a secondary radio available or learn on something else before you jump to Tyrannus. You need to have a fundamental experience of what Tyrannus is and how it functions. And the only way to do that is by having another radio that can train you on that kind of thing. If you don't have that, then yeah, you're going to have a really rough time uh, starting out on this particular radio system. So that that's my little piece of advice. Are any of you guys looking into potentially getting a Tyrannus? Oh, I so one. Not me. I'm I'm happy with my DX9. I've no, slowly progressed to yeah. that, and I really the, like that radio. The the Tyrannus is my dream radio. I so want one. 
it's I, it, it's a great system but again yeah uh, you know and it's whatever you're comfortable with i think if you're com if you want a radio system that is gonna you plug in the controls you plug in your expos you plug in your do rates it's gonna work every time stick with that radio trust me if you right. go to a tyrannus you know there is a steep learning curve it does have a lot of capability it does do a lot of different things you can um, get some really fantastic telemetry systems going. It can do great FPV. It can do great long range. It takes a whole ton of different adapters so you can fly on different different radios. But trust me, it, learn on something else first and then jump to a Tyrannus. That that would be my my number one thing. Well, I'd say I, I'd say ninety percent of the people that get into this hobby start with a something like DX six. I, from what I've seen, I don't know. You guys might have a different opinion, but you know, it's it's cheap. It's it's easy to. It has expo. You know, it's a computer radio. No, absolutely. And the uh, uh, the DX six I is the first one I started out with. And, and right. I started on a Tactic six fifty. And the only reason that I started out on a Tactic radio system was because it did everything that the DX six did, um, or the nine uh, X, or any of those. It kind of beginner six channel radios but it was like 150 bucks so you couldn't go wrong for uh, for that kind of radio system for that kind of price right yeah the dx6i i think that's around 130 or something like that mm -hmm. i mean yeah, you can I, go what? you can go really cheap and get the cheap uh the cheap stuff the chinese stuff for 30 bucks but then there's no there's no computer end to that you know you can do a little bit it's a six channel radio but then there's no expo and that's what really new pilots need is to, to uh, know how to put the expo in and turn it cheap nine X for twenty one ninety five. Just bought one last night. Just saying. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I st I started you know almost six years ago and and I bought the DX six I. But you know again I uh, uh, I've been flying now for about six years and I started out with the DX six I, and uh, the only reason I did it was is because so many people had them. They seemed to be reliable. Um, there were, there were plenty of, uh, instructional stuff out there that made it very easy for me to use. And, and there's a lot of bind and fly that, so, that pertains so right to spectrum. So many bind and flies. And I'm not a builder as everyone, you know, probably already knows now, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, because I'm not a builder, um, I, I was never into the, you know, the 72 megahertz and, and all that kind of stuff. And these bind and flies to me were perfect because I didn't have to build anything. I could throw a battery in it, bind it, and take off. Yeah. And I, I like that. And I'm still somewhat that way today. I mean, the last plane I really purchased uh, that was of any size was, of course, my Carbon Z Cub. Um and it was a bind and fly. Uh, it was the basic, which didn't come with a you know batteries or anything. But uh, I had it on my six, flew it, and then ended up buying my nine. And I sold uh, I sold my six I to uh, a guy at our field and bought this nine. And I already knew how to program it. I already knew everything to do. So it was mm -hmm. it was just going from one to the other. It was easy. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that, that the other radios are not good, because I'm telling you, those guys wouldn't be selling radios, they wouldn't oh, be selling absolutely. receivers, and they wouldn't be selling all that stuff if it wasn't good stuff. 
It's just that was what was easy for me at the time because I am not a computer whiz. I'm not a builder. I'm not any of these things. So I want something as easy as I can get. Absolutely. And that yeah, was the I'm... only reason that I went to it. And that's fair. And you know what? I, you know, I came into the hobby last year. So, you know, at the time, I could have gone with a Spectrum. I mean, there's flight test talks about Spectrum more than enough. And now Grapner, of course. But, you mm -hmm. know, the, the, the thing on my front was I'm looking for a radio system that I'm going to be able to grow into. I think that's sure. also an important factor is the fact that you want to yep. choose a radio system that you can kind of grow into as as you're getting more advanced into the hobby and i i completely agree um uh with what you were saying with learning expo and learning how to program that first because you absolutely need it as a as someone because yep. it'd it be having having the ability to dumb thumb something because you've got too much control of the control surface absolutely you want to be able mm -hmm. to reduce that so for sure Yep. Yeah, you need that cushion in the middle. Yeah, right? yeah, you do. As a first-time yep. pilot or you know, new mm -hmm. new guy starting out, I think That's Mike, it's that it's that window, that time frame, like a couple years back, like five years ago, it was that it was Spectrum was just getting out of the D, the DS2 and into the DSMX, and and yep. that was probably you know that was kind of I don't really know how old Tyrannus is and and uh, and some of the other and Gropner, but um, it seems like there's more of a choice now, you know, a couple like yeah. five years well, ago it was probably. Well, well, the easiest yeah. route was to go the DX6i. Yeah, and and Grotner, you know, has been around a long time, but they haven't been hugely popular here in the states. In the they're, states, a, yeah. if I remember, in they're Europe, a German. Yeah, it is, and in uh, Europe, it is it is a very very popular radio system. Yeah, uh, the Grotner because it, it is it is well renowned for um, ease of ease of programming, ease of control, ease of you know the yeah. and i think flight test had mentioned they had their background in uh, in large crane operation before they got their start in rc so you know they've been tinkering around with how to get controls simplified for large mechanical equipment for a while so bringing it into the rc community they've done a great job and they've got a great product and i'm not going to say that i don't like the look of that system at all i haven't tried it so i can't speak to it I, yeah, I, I like it. I like it, but I'm having issues with mine. And I, in no way, shape, or form, think it's indicative of something normal. I think it's uh, an aberration. Something is wrong, and I'm hoping they can help me sort it out. Mm -hmm. Right. Did you try a different yeah. model on that, Pat? Did you try a different receiver? Uh, I only have the one receiver. That's the problem. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Possibly, possibly something to look into, but we'll we'll report back to everybody on how that uh, progresses. Um, last question from Ben, and also another question uh, from another listener, Austin Yoda. Um, what kind of quad stuff? And also, I'd love to see some quad stuff. I am the world's worst multi rotor pilot. No, that would be Pat that oh, said he's the worst. Wait, that's right. It was. <laughs> that's it me. was. It Thank was. You. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Patrick. Do would you uh, would you like to uh, speak to uh, the multi rotor guys out there? Uh, I they would get no benefit from hearing from me. No, what what where I was going with that is I think I think um, there are people out there, uh, <laughs> Eric Monroe, um, who are far more um, shall we say experienced. Shall we say and well expertise? Uh, well versed, I would agree, Mike. Um, 
than we are. So what we're going to do is we're going to take these three questions um, that uh, both Austin and Willie, uh, Ben uh, put up here. And what we're going to do is we're going to postpone those uh, for future episodes where we will have people um, on multi-rotors who can speak right. more fluently than we can. But there is Sounds something good. I'd like to say to Austin Yoder. He's asking about race quads and stuff like that. And I would like to direct him over to Rotor Riot. Now, what is that, Mike? What 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 is this? That would Rotor be Riot that would be Mister Chad Capper's newest um, venture show venture. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, into specifically race quads and the FPV racing and that whole world. Um, which is a little bit to me, and I think, uh, matter of fact, Pat and I have had this conversation, not sure it's quite for myself and or Pat, because it seems to be more of a, for lack of a better, a community much like the skater, the, the skateboarding community. Um, they kind of have their own language and everything. And it's, Hey, I think it's fantastic because I used to ride skateboards, but this whole race quad thing and the and the whole uh, freestyle and I I don't get it. <laughs> it's yeah. it's neat, but yeah, it, it's above, um, slightly above my pay grade right now. I'm as I said, well, I, it's I'm, way above my head. Uh, I, I dabble, I dabble two fifty, but not 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 nearly mm -hmm. expert level. Yeah, right. I I just you know I Alex uh, Sabata posted something up on Facebook the other day about. Some a uh, video clip from the uh, the expo they were at down in Atlanta, asking you know if people would watch this. And I'm watching this clip, and I'm like, my response was, you know, now it, it's not for me, but understand that I'm not that demographic. Uh, I'm not a gamer anymore. I I can't sit through watching sports on television. Um. I think the the target audience they're looking for is eighteen to thirty something, and I'm just not that demographic. So, mm. you know, uh, I can't make a judgment call on that. I, no. it, it's going to appeal to people, but it just isn't me. <laughs> well, and and part of the problem I had with it because I tried to uh, when that was going on, I actually went in and tried to watch some of the the live feed video, and yeah. until the live feed gets better, it'll be difficult for me to watch. Mm -hmm. I think if it was good stuff, I mean, and I don't want to say it wasn't good stuff. That's not what I mean. Um, the video the quality was not where I'm used to seeing now. I'm sorry I'm spoiled. I've got a lot of HDTVs around, and mm -hmm. I really like good quality video. And when I see stuff getting snowy and or losing signal and I, I get disinterested real fast, mm -hmm. and it, and it's and it's not that I don't think it would be fun to watch, but I just can't watch when it just constantly goes to snow. I mean, if I lose my you know cable when I'm watching TV, I get angry. <laughs> right. I I think it would be a blast to fly. I mean, I think it would be amazing to try to fly those courses, but to watch somebody else do it just doesn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, what's your take on it? No, I think I think Pat's right. You know, when you watch something like that, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it looks great, but it's 
the guys that are really into it, it's it's their thing. They really, really enjoy it. It's like, it's really like anything. It's like NASCAR. You know, people either love it or hate it. You know, yeah. they watch it every yep. Sunday. Yep. Well, they don't. Yep. They're very, like, very it's true. you're just going around in circles. You know, you've heard it all. Yep. Before. But it's all about watching it for the crash. Remember that. <laughs> true, and I'm sure that's why you know yep. people tune into the race quads too. I mean, it's a race. Yeah. No, it's true. You know? Yeah. Very true. Oh. It's a little more. Oh, yeah. Like everybody drives a car, but it's a little more like, you know, uh, guys can relate more that actually, you know, build the quads and fly them. Like, mm-hmm. we, like I've, I've said, we've had have a local multi GP club, uh, you know, track at our at our club down there. And uh, yeah, they, and I and I would love to fly it. They get together every Sunday and they're and they're racing like crazy. Mm-hmm. Kind of the reason why I haven't flown my Electro Hub and uh, with my six hundred milliwatt transmitter because I step all over them. <laughs> i kind of go down there and go hey guys you know when you get a break i'm gonna i'm gonna t- you know do some filming real quick and they're like yeah yeah you know everybody's super cool you know just mm-hmm. yeah yeah just let us know but there's been a, there's yeah. been a time or two where you know you hear a guy yelling unplug unplug because <laughs> somebody's stepping on somebody yeah yeah but they have a different uh setup now where you know they use a race band it's a different it's a whole nother band like you you buy the the 32 channel you know, stuff from Hobby King, and it's not even a part of that. It's a separate, it's a band that separates the frequencies even more, wow. which I found okay. was interesting. Yeah, that, hmm. that would be good, actually. So That's a really good idea. Very neat. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, cool. let's see. Uh, Nate and Designs. Uh, hey, I have seen some really cool UAS uh, called the Firefly 6. It's a VTOL Y6 flying wing. I was wondering if you guys would consider discussing it or just VTOLs in general. Kevin, what's your take on VTOL? VTOL. I'm waiting for the the FT version uh, that Peter's been working on. I haven't I haven't done any flying except for on the sim I flew a Harrier and hmm. it was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it a helicopter or is it a jet? I don't know. I'm crashing both of them. <laughs> That's right. That works. That's that right. Works. That's funny. Yeah, I, you know, that's something I think Flight Test really needs to get on in terms of uh, capitalizing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the VTOL stuff, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've got uh, Real Flight 7, and I've, I've flown the uh, Osprey and the Harrier, and taking off and flying is okay. Landing is a whole nother matter. Yeah. Just a whole nother matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the, the funny, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, sorry. Go, go ahead, Mike. No, go ahead. <laughs> the, the thing I was going to say was um, on the on the whole VTOL thing, um, if you are interested in going the open error route, uh, which requires, I believe, a KK2 board, uh, as part of the Cyber Monday sale that Hobby King is doing, uh, the KK2 board is actually one of the items on sale. So just a heads up, if you're looking for a KK2 board, look at Hobby King yeah. right now. This yeah. Firefly yeah. 6... Um, is an interesting design because it's it's a flying wing. If you picture a, a Versa wing, it's got tricycle landing gear, um, and it's a, it's a Y six uh, with the rear that actually tilts, but the front oh, it, the thing. front is actually on like a horizontal bar, and that actually rotates ninety degrees. Yeah, so I've it's, seen this. It's, it's engineered really well. Where you know you would you don't have that many moving parts. I mean, you have a lot, but it's not you know. That many where you would lose yeah. the the lift and you could actually rotate those front 
motors so you yeah. can transition easier. It looks really like a good design. Interestingly enough, though, I this was uh, featured in um, uh, Model Aviation June, if I remember correctly. They, uh, according to one review that I've seen, there is some mechanical issues that they've been catching in the front nose where the the bar literally rotates ninety degrees to put it into forward flight. That when it is in the process of rotating. It can sometimes jam at a certain angle, so they've been having some mechanical things. Now I don't know whether they have fixed that or not, but that was just one review that I had seen. What yeah, it I looks think like it is thing about that. Mm-hmm. What lo- what it looks like uh, the mechanics of it is it's a it's a bar and it, there's an actual gear like a sprocket from your bicycle on there, and there's a chain driven uh, a train a chain a train a chain drive for the ser- servo. That actually uh, is what mm-hmm. takes place. It's not like an arm, you know, servo arm. So maybe that's where they're having some issues, you know, in the chain. Yeah, chain that's, and pocket area. That, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like too. binding or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting yeah. design. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, so who wants to bring up the next one? Because uh, I, I know uh, Mike. You, you know this particular Louise Rusi. I know him well. Great guy, man. Neighbor at Flight Fest 2014. There you go. Um, he's uh, saying, he says, a spotlight build from the forum. It says the forums are crowded with great builds, and it can be overwhelming to find them. said if you spotlight them occasionally, you can generate a buzz of more community involvement. And I think that's what we're doing. I hope that's what we're doing. Um, with <laughs> <you> uh, <laughs> Joshua Orchard, now we've got uh, Kevin on Kevin. here. Yeah, so uh, Kevin. What, what about that uh, uh, Lanninger Vigan? Um, <laughs> it's not. It's actually not on the forum at all. Well, I we know. Get that thing on Why there. not? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and something else I, I did want to talk about uh, with Kevin is his taping expertise. Oh, I don't I, know, I, I don't know if you, you guys. I have seriously seen, can't um, take credit for any of that. That was. You, I mean, other than just cutting stuff out, but I got you that didn't, from You didn't apply Ed any of that? Experimental. No, I did, but I it's it's Ed from Experimental Airlines, his way of you just tape it to the phone before you even cut the stuff out, and then after that I'm after that I'm using patterns. It's it's kinda like the Vigan, you know, somebody made it and I kinda like added my little fling to it, you know? Yeah, I know, mm-hmm. but I saw the uh oh what plane is that? Uh Peter's uh, uh the short S T O L. Um, the Bronco, oh, the Bushwhacker, the Bushwhacker, the Bushwhacker. Yeah, the Bushwhacker. I saw the you know the pictures that uh, Kevin posted on, I believe it was Facebook, uh, from his uh, club, and I really liked the way that that thing looked. You know, I, I like the the tape job on it, and I want to get a little better at that myself. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, anything to like get that, together. you know, we'll have to. Yeah, I'm remembering more to step back and take some more some pictures as I do it. <laughs> But it is hard to do. You know, you cut out the fuselage and kind of lay your pattern out and then just go from there. Yeah. Tape little, it before little you ever start striking. doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it uh, as, you know, I, I think that's an encouragement that we can share to the whole community is if you're doing something and you're doing something different, share it, please. <laughs> yeah. Or, or if it's just something that you haven't seen anybody else do, if you, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Good. It, Anything. Good, bad. Uh, 
like this this patch I did on my P forty seven wing. I have no idea how it's going to come out. I just kind of made this up, and if it works out great, wonderful. If it's crap, I'll probably tell people that too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and I agree. If if you're doing something and you know that it's not working, <laughs> share that with everybody and. Because we want to know what's going right and what's not going right. So Well, yeah, because we can learn from your mistakes. <laughs> exactly. And I hate like, to say it that way, but I you're got, totally right. I mean, it... it well, I mean, it's true. I got I got six brothers and a sister. I'm the youngest of the bunch. You know, I got to see them do a lot of things that I would never have done. You know? <laughs> you, and you've I got a do. really good story about your, your brother coming home from the military and, and challenging your dad. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> he just thought that he was a, uh, well, he, uh, he just got home from boot camp out of the Marines and I have all the respect in the world for anybody that served our country. Uh, again, a couple of weeks ago was uh, veterans day and thank you to all the veterans. Cause I don't think yeah, we said amen. it last, mm-hmm. last amen. time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But, uh, you know, uh, when a Marine comes home from boot camp, he thinks he's, uh, uh, a full fledged man and can do whatever he wants whenever he wants. And the night that he come home, or the day that he come home, he spent a little bit of time with the family and then decided that he was going to go run with his friends that night. And my dad was four foot 11, weighed 145 pounds, so he's a very small man. But uh, he told my brother, he said, you're not going anywhere tonight. Tomorrow you can do whatever you want, but tonight you're home with your family and that's where you're going to be. And my brother proceeded to tell him just how big a man, you know, he was because he was a Marine and got out of boot camp. And by God, the Marines made him a man and he could do what he wanted to do. And my dad hit him (laughs) 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 really hard (laughs) and knocked him plumb up underneath. I mean, all the way up underneath uh, my dad's easy chair that I was sitting in. (laughs) <laughs> and I couldn't crawl behind it fast enough to get away because I just knew this was going to get bad. Oh, boy. But uh, my brother stayed up underneath that until my father told him it was okay. He wasn't going to hit him again. <laughs> wow. And well, he then. ended up staying home all night with the family and enjoyed our company. Oh, good. <laughs> he loved with a raw steak well. on his eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, hey, you know, you don't cross my dad. <laughs> just something you didn't do. No, no. I, he, didn't it, ask, he didn't ask for much either. But, you know, he said, look, one night, you're home for two weeks. You got one night, you can stay home with us. And he wanted to be a man, and he wasn't near as big a man as he thought he was. So. Funny. And steering the train back on track, there are a couple Thanks. of scratch belts that I wanted. Where? What? Now, now I'm the Pat. What? Um, so, um, yeah, a couple of scratch builds that I definitely want to highlight, um, Sayega 556, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing the screen name, uh, 46.5 inch Yak 11, unlimited class air racer, dude, you're doing what I want to do, the hot wire cutting, it looks great, keep up the great work, um, and then I do want to highlight, Pat and I were both chirping about this, uh, earlier, uh, this is Allen Hat. Uh, scale build off Dollar Tree foam board Grumman Goose. Um, one of my all time favorite airplanes. I love the Grumman Goose. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, Pat. That's it's, a that's a great plane. It's a yeah. pretty airplane. It's a pity. Beautiful airplane. airplane. 
So there's, uh, you know what, I think because we're, we're cutting close here on time, I think what we're going to do is go through a couple more uh, listener requests and then uh, call, this, uh, call this thing a day. Um, Blake Ziegler uh, has a couple of requests. Uh, thoughts on any new products, either RC related or scratch building, tools, storage related stuff. Um, I would definitely say let's, uh, the reviews and stuff, we're going to let After Hours, uh, do the reviews. Um, I can personally say that I don't have anything in my hangar that's made by any kind of manufacturer. I think I speak on the products that I'm passionate about. Otherwise, I think for the most part, we'll stick away from the review stuff. Um, but the scratch building tools, I think that's a really good idea. Uh, to share any new techniques. Like, I had no idea about the composites and the fiberglassing that Josh had shared. Um, Pat's teaching me new things every day, and uh, Kevin now is teaching me new things, and, you know, every, everyone learns from each other, so the more we can bring out, the better the better it will be for everybody. One thing that jumped yeah. out to me was storage-related stuff. I can say, build a shed. If you can, do it. <laughs> <You're gonna laughs> I, need I need to. If I had land behind the house, I'd do it. <laughs> either either that or rent or buy a bigger house Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well flying monkeys moving into a heck of a house with a really large outbuilding and i'm curious to see what he does with it yeah and we'll definitely share he's gonna send a, uh well he's already sent me a couple of videos and posts so we'll, yeah. we'll definitely share those thank thank you flying monkey fred uh, we, we really, really appreciate that. Um, upcoming RC events, anything in your neck of the woods, guys? Um, uh, I know uh, we're going to no. have a, uh, uh, flea market. I just don't know when. And I think it's probably going to be either in late December or early January. But once I know a little more, I will, uh, definitely get with that. Pat, isn't that Lebanon flea market in February ish? Yeah, it's in February, and Blake Blake is a, a, a good guy. He lives in the next county over from me, and we've gotten together before and hung out. Um, and he grew up around that flea market because his mother would work there, uh, and I guess this thing's been going on for quite a few years. He's a young guy, I'm going to say in his mid-20s. Um, he's, he's a typical – I don't want to say typical because that sounds like I'm demeaning something, but he is – the quintessential Lancaster County farm guy. Uh, he's a farmer. He's an engineer. He's a really, really cool guy. Lot, lots of knowledge, both uh, theoretical and practical. So he, he's a very interesting cat. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to going back to, to that this year with him and hopefully again Joshua Orchard and Ryan Papp Crash Recovery we can all get together and go over there I'll have to meet up with you this year I've never been to it oh dude it's it's awesome that's what oh, I yeah do. make sure you get a hold of yeah. Kevin and drag him over there man he can spend some money. oh yeah definitely man <laughs> uh it's oh my gosh it is it is like Sin City for me it it I can't even begin to tell you. I want everything there. I want every single thing there. <laughs> and I've got like a $100 budget. It, it, nice. It's it's sad. I can't take everything home. See, I don't get this idea of people wanting to sell their RC stuff. I don't either, mm -hmm. but, you know. It all yeah, comes. 
People want to do it though. You gotta, you gotta empathize with it. Hey, I wouldn't have picked hey. up my Tyrannus if I if it hadn't have been for someone wanting to sell. It. And thank you, Nelson, because I now now know that he listens to the show. So thank you. <laughs> I would agree with you, Pat. Except I just sold my 450 heli, my 450 uh, X heli, and uh, I got a good couple dollars for it, and cool. I got a good deal on a Goblin 380. So I just picked that up, and that's like. Okay. That's like a Ferrari, that thing. It's crazy. Yeah. Goblins nice. are fantastic looking. Yeah, they really yeah. are. They're, They're all mean. belt drives. They're, there's no gear. So all you hear is that whistling blades of death. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> so scary. It, it's a yeah. mean, mean thing. But, oh, they look. I mean, f- put putting it out there, I have a huge amount of respect to the guys who fly them in the way that they do. It's incredibly impressive. Just don't put me anywhere near one. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, um, yep. I think we, we'll wrap the show on this one because I think this is one that hits home for all of us. Um, Carl Liddick and Willie Will Marisa. Uh, I yeah. apologize for uh, butchering the screen name there. Carl is a friend of the podcast. He is very, very well rena- renowned for his incredible builds um, on the community forum. Yes, yeah. so, the dude is crazy yeah. talented. It's amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. By the way, if you haven't seen his scratch build P40, yes, it will be linked in the show notes. Carl, your scratch build there puts everyone else's to shame. It's incredible what you do, brother, and thank you for uh, sharing with us all. Um, he put a really interesting point out. Um, he goes... I think it, it. I think an important conversation to have at some point is to how to get more people involved in an AMA club, and how to make those clubs more welcoming to FPV foamy park fly crowd. The FT community is wonderful and welcoming to everyone, and I think it would be hugely beneficial to the RC community at large if some of the FT friendliness can rub off on traditional clubs. I'd love to hear from the community's thoughts and experiences on that subject. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there are two again. members of our uh, co-hosts who have recently joined new clubs, uh, both Pat and Kevin. Um, do you guys want to talk on what kind of the setup has been and what the the pl- politics and the, the setup has been on those clubs? Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. So Who Ke- wants to go first? Kevin, do you go want ahead, to start Pat. off? No, Kevin, he called you out. Okay. You're up, bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we were flying. Uh, I met two guys that are on the FT forums, and we all got together locally in, in New Jersey, like North Jersey, and flew around different spots, different ball fields. We found a place that we could regularly go for a couple, uh, couple of years we were flying there. And then, you know, they turned that into two soccer fields because um, every kid needs his own soccer field. You know, uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, so we knew it was coming, you know, it was like, you know, one day we'll have to have to find another place. And so we looked, um, surprisingly enough, you know, there's not a lot of clubs in northern New Jersey, um, probably because of the, the dense population. But um, we found a we found a, a really great club um, in kind of the middle of New Jersey. And uh just by looking at their Facebook page, I was like, you know, we got to go down there and just go to one of the meetings and see how see what these guys are like. Because they were like, you know, basically flight test in a club. It was just, come on down. We're, we're all having fun. We do events every Saturday, you know, balloon pop and slalom and limbo and 
just come on down and just have a good time. We fly everything, helis, multi-rotors, planes, you know. Then they had a nice runway set up. It's not a paved runway, but it's it's this giant rubberized mat that they laid down. It's 300 feet long, and it's it's the next best thing. And the guys there, though, are fantastic. They're, they're The president's only been flying for a couple of years, and, you know, they a lot of the guys watch flight tests. They know, they know flight tests. And um, just fantastic guys. I've never had a bad time. I've been going there now like three, four months. I haven't had a bad bad Saturday yet. It's been fantastic. That's great. That's awesome. I really yeah. It, but, but on the flip side of that, there are clubs out there that, you know, they're the older guys. Like I went to apply to a club that was local, more local to me up here in, in North Jersey. And I said, you know, uh, I got two other guys, you know, we're looking for a place to fly and we're experienced. You know, I wouldn't say we're experts, but we're intermediate and been flying a couple of years. And uh, my response back was, um, we're only looking for beginner pilots that that require buddy boxing. That kind what? of, yeah, that kind of struck me as being odd. You know, I was like, really? Uh, I didn't, I didn't reply. I just was like, okay, you know, I'll just move on to the next. But uh, when I got to talking to some of the other guys, they were like, yeah, that club's a little strange. They'll be, they'll kind of be begging for members sooner than later because most of the guys will probably wind up just either getting out of the hobby or, you know, it's strange. It's weird. So, you know, you, you can look around and definitely, you know, find out where the, the, the field is, go check it out, you know, see if it works for you. Talk to some of the guys you'll get, you know, you don't have to be a good judge of character. You'll get the idea of, of how the field is and how the members are, you know, how the club is pretty, yeah. pretty much, you know, the first couple of times you go, mm-hmm. you know, and most clubs will, will have you, you know, they'll, they'll 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 let you come by and fly, you know, um, you know, first couple times without joining a club, you know, to try things out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, what's your experience been with uh, the new club, Pat? Um, similar experience in a way. Uh, <clears throat> I had kind of avoided joining a club because I, I just, I don't know, I the idea, I. I don't want to say I'm anti-AMA. I'm not in any way, shape, or form. But I was very suspicious of the AMA. Who are you to be the quote-unquote self-appointed representative of our community? Blah, blah, blah. And we have we have several clubs in the area. And I've talked to one or two of them. And they just didn't come off very well. Uh, and reading things online from people that have had similar experiences. It was like, oh man, it's the quintessential grumpy old men's club. And that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for something that had more of a flight test feel to it in terms of the the community. And come along, uh, this this club came along that that is a new startup club uh, made up a group of people that that left other clubs in the area because of various reasons. Um, and the, the person that gave me the, the heads up on it was, uh, the brother-in-law of one of my best friends, wives, very close friends of ours. And he said, come on out, check these guys out. So I did. And I met the president and what they had to say was exactly my, uh, it, it was what I believe RC should be. It's welcoming of anyone. 
Um, if you're new, great. Uh, in, in fact, I've been helping to teach uh, a RC ground class uh, for the last, well, it, 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 next week will be the last week. So it's five Saturdays in a row uh, that, that the president put together. And it is such phenomenal information. It, it is information that takes people years to compile and understand. And he's put it together in a nice, tidy package. Now, people taking the class won't necessarily appreciate it right away, but they have a reference. Uh, they've got a set of reference material that they can go to when they encounter a problem. And, and this guy is just incredible in my, in my view. Super nice guy. Retired engineer. Uh, so... It, it it was very – it's a very family-oriented, very kid-friendly. In fact, we've got several kids who are members of the club uh, that their parents aren't members. The kids just have an interest, so they come out, um, and we help them out. Uh, so it, it, it was very much the same mentality as what I feel that Flight Test has embodied over the last few years. So I joined. I, I'm very happy with it. And I've met some people who are incredibly talented, like uh, the, the president, Jerry, Jerry Fry. He, he's an ex uh, – he, he flew competition in uh, aerobatic competition in some level. I don't know exactly. I'm not really familiar with all the, the levels. Uh, there's a guy, Tim Barefoot, who – he is he's a ham radio guy belongs to a local ham radio club and the dude is just freaking brilliant his his workshop is amazing mm -hmm. I, I i'm so jealous of him because he's organized and i don't even begin to understand how to do that um but <laughs> I, I, I mean you know he's he's got the old bloody wonder the old balsa gas-powered bloody wonder stuck up in its rafters. The Sig Wonder, uh, right? Sig wonder. Yeah, yeah, wow. that's it. You know, and he's got these incredible balsa planes, and it's just like it, it's like walking into your dream hobby shop when you go to his place. It, it's phenomenal. It, it, it's just really cool people. So yeah. I'm so happy with with the club that I joined. And. It's it's kind of funny because I also recently joined a club, but this is a club that's been around for a while, and I've spoken on it a couple of times. And Tangerine Field it has so much history for the hobby, and um, I've already mentioned Don Lowe on the podcast a couple of times. And um, the guys who I fly with are all big scale guys. They fly balsa. You know, they they've heard of flight test. They recognize the logo when I'm wearing it. Um, they, they think it's hilarious because all of my planes don't look like scale planes at all. They uh, Dom, <laughs> Dom passed me the other day and he was like, you have an extremely interesting collection of airplanes there, don't you? And I was, you know, I was chuckled by it because, you know, it, it traditionally I don't like planes that look like scale planes. I mean, yes, I'm building a huh. really scale one right now, but... My my love is things that look weird and shouldn't fly. Like I love the scaled composite planes and that kind of thing. Anyway, I'm going. On well, subject. yeah, I with you there. <laughs> yeah, the Rutan stuff yeah. is amazing. The um, but my club is you know I think what what this boils down to is the fact that go try out your local club because there's got to be at least a couple of guys who have the same 
kind of mentality that you do. And look, we're not saying you have to be friends with everyone at your local club. Um, I can tell you what my local club salute is, but again, it's not PG appropriate. Um, but you know, it's you get with the guys who you're comfortable with, like. The guys who I fly with are all like, yeah, I love the foamies, I love the racers, I love the flight test planes, I've got a whole army of them ready to go at any given time. I'm like, well, this is great, this is fantastic, I love flying with them. And that's the group of guys that I hang out with here at the hobby, and that that's what attracted me to this particular field. It wasn't necessarily the the fact that you know it's the biggest club with the biggest history. No, no, no. It's it's the group of guys that you find within that bigger club, um, and that's what I found and loved about my particular flying field. And I did feel welcome, and it was it was also because I had been a couple of times to introduce myself to make sure they knew who I was before I pitched a plane up and fly it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. Mike. Mike, how's your flying field? Oh, my flying field that I fly at's fantastic. It's just almost an hour from my house. Yeah. And the reason why is is because I have a club probably six miles from here, and I went over there three different times, and they wouldn't even give me the time of day. Mm-hmm. They were the old. I'm sorry, but they're old geezers. They are not friendly. They, I mean, terrible. And I will even say the name of it because it's so bad. It's the Shawnee Mission <laughs> RC Club. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, it's less than seven miles from my house. And I went over there, and every time I went over there, I didn't even take planes with me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to them about the rules, you know, what is it to join, all that. And, and they were so rude. And I will leave it at that. They were so rude. Mm-hmm. And me and uh, me and Sharon was actually out uh, riding the motorcycle up uh, where I used to live in Smithville, Missouri. And I knew they had a club up there, and I never really stopped. And we were on the motorcycle, and uh, I just stopped in there. And I had four people come up to me before I could get off the bike, huh. saying, "Do you fly? What do you got? What's going on? Oh, get amazing. off the bike, come up here, Ooh. you know, take a look and see what we got." And I've been with these guys ever since, and. I love them all. I really do. They're, they're fantastic. You know, most of them do fly, um, nitro and balsa, but they're starting to get into a little more of the foamy type stuff. I mean, they do combats like every two weeks now with little, uh, uh, foam planes. And I Uh didn't really do that, but, um, they do that now. And, and, you know, of course I take my, uh, my phantom up there. I take my quads up there. And none of those guys fly quads, but they will come over and check it out and ask me how this does what. And, you know, I mean, you know, just the whole thing and very, very accepting. And I would not fly anywhere else now. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's awesome. it. I think yeah. you, you hit the nail on the head. Once you find that group, stay with them because they yeah. and you never know. Look, we we could be speaking to the next president of their local club. Just go out, talk to the guys, find a home. And yes, we're going to encourage exactly. all, the, all the older clubs to who may be listening, be a bit more understanding and open. Like, not everyone can afford a 40 size airplane. Like, that's okay. Exactly. Um, I, fly, I fly $4 airplanes, and everyone gets a hoot from the way they fly because they look so dang goofy in the air. So, yeah, just... Do, do do because we always we're going to encourage to fly with an AMA club um, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's so much better to fly in company than it is to fly alone. So 
go out, check them out, and trust us. We we all are part of AMA clubs, and they do a lot of community outreach. My my field is doing a big air show in December, and we're hosting a pylon event, which I would never have thought to have been a part of unless I'd been part of the club. And I yep. think step one, cool. Joel, is to definitely get on the fo- the forums. You can find the guys in your area right on the flight test forums on on a couple other you know, online forums. And that's how I started. You know, yep. I found a couple of guys. We were flying in a park, you know, for the first, maybe the first six months we were flying together. I'm having a blast. Yep. And then it just moved on from there. And now we're, we're in, a, in a great club. It's just, you know, you don't, you don't even think about it, but it progresses to that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, why don't we, why don't we, before we sign off, why don't we all uh, talk about the club we belong to? Just uh, give the name and, uh, and where it's located at. So anybody that's listening can uh, stop by and, and take a look at our clubs. Sounds good. Kevin, you're up first. Okay, it's uh, Tri-County RC. It's in North Brunswick, New Jersey. And you can awesome. go on Google that. It's tri- uh, tricountyrc.com, I believe. Awesome, awesome. Pat. How about you, Joel? Oh, I was going to say, Pat. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it in order. Uh, uh, my club is R, as in Romeo, C, uh, hang on, R-C-A-C-F, Remote Control Association of Central Florida. We are located in on Keene Road, which is in Apopka, Florida, which is on the corner of the 429 and the uh, 428. Uh, we are right in the kind of corner area there, um, surrounded by um, two rather large um, disposal facilities, um, but we also um, are surrounded by greenhouses. So it's a lot of fun down there. We've got a 45-acre lot of land. Um, with a big sinkhole, um, great group of guys. We're at 200 members right now, and club dues are actually going down in price this year. So if you're in the area, come nice. check out our field. So if a plane nice. goes in the sinkhole, you guys just leave it? Pretty much. All right, it's, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> just push dirt okay, over. Pat, give us yours. Okay, mine is uh, York Model Aviators, YMA. Uh, it's somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Dover, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Uh, off some road that I can't think of at the moment, but it, but it's on a farm, a, a, a gentleman's farm who he raises longhorn cattle, and it's a beautiful area. It's just a beautiful venue, uh, really nice field, um, and we have permission to fish in the pond on his property, so that was nice. the real selling point wow. for me. Nice. Yeah. So I saw that it. field. I saw the video. It's, it's an amazing field. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really yeah, nice. It really is beautiful. Pretty. Fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. Well, guys, thank you so much for sharing, and t- thank you to the community for sharing. Uh, you guys, without your input this week, we wouldn't have had a podcast that's lasted almost two hours. So we're at 2.48 uh, right now for the Well, podcast. you're going to stop right now so I can plug my field. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Sorry, Mike. Man, I tell you, you just stepped all over me, didn't you? Sorry. I kind of feel like I was at the Shawnee Mission RC Club there for a minute. <laughs> Love you, Mike. Sorry, brother. <laughs> well, mine is the Smithville Dam Busters uh, Radio Control Model Aircraft Club. We're located in beautiful Smithville, Missouri, right next to the Smithville Lake Dam. Uh, it's on DD Highway, and uh, we probably have between 50 and 55 members. Um, we have about a 300-foot runway. It's all grass. But we do have a nice, wonderful shelter with two picnic tables, and we also have a uh, 
a single garage that we have uh, put there uh, and have uh, no electricity running to it, but we do have a solar-powered uh, charging station there, nice. which is just fantastic, man. That's cool. So we have every once in a while we have to, you know, we have to buy uh, some deep cideries every couple of three years. But you know, I'm telling you, this this uh, uh, solar charging station is unbelievable because I can hook my uh, my four battery charger up to it and pull about 20 amps and it doesn't do anything. Wow. It. It's just fantastic. So, yeah. It, it, yeah. And it, same in our club, man. Uh, Tim Barefoot, the guy I mentioned earlier, he built it all himself. It's it's just wheeled, beautiful wheeled cart that has an awning over it. Uh, and the guy had to spend a tremendous amount of money to put it together, but, but he just donated it to the club. Uh, incredible to me. And it works Amazing. phenomenally. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, we we have a good number of charging stations at ours. We have four um, four stations and eight eight flying spots and a, a good clubhouse too. So, um, yep. yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't mean step all over you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I know all, that's just how I get treated, man. That's just ah, uh, you know, you know <laughs> I, I, I I I dig on you all the time. But almost in two hours. Hey, guys, thank you so much for sticking with us uh, from from all of us here. Kevin, thank you yep. very much for being a guest. Thanks guest so much thanks, for having thanks me. Thanks for being a guest, Kevin. Officially guest me. number two. And I was good to you, Kevin. I actually gave you your welcome lesson before I uh, uh, before uh, we uh, officially spoke. So <laughs> thank you for that. Hey, um, hey, Joel, you're getting all fuzzy again. Give it one second here. Uh, let me notate that. Is it 150? How's that, guys? Better? Still, still fuzzy. No. Here, do you, do you, do you guys want to here while I have that fuzz going on? Do you guys want to say anything before we wrap up? Um, other than just uh, thanks to the community for listening to us, we really appreciate it, Kevin. Thank you for being on, and uh, I will say, Joel, Pat, thanks for uh, being friends, man. I appreciate it. This is. This is just so much fun. <laughs> yeah. We're, Thanks, we're loving yeah. this. Yeah, Kevin, thank you, brother, for, for coming and joining us. And we look forward to inviting our next guest uh, here. Um, and we all, from all of us here, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, uh, happy Thanksgiving, have, everyone. Have a warm and wonderful holiday yeah. to everyone who is north of the uh, Alabama-Georgia line. I am so sorry. Um, I'll be out by the poolside this Thanksgiving, but everyone else, stay warm and stay dry. Happy Thanksgiving, folks. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. You have Happy a wonderful week. Take care. Good night. Bye.